Hello and welcome. I am Caleb Ferris. I'm Candy Parker. And I'm Greg Osborne. And this is Action Surge, a podcast where hungover heroes and depressed demons alike can listen to us sages give shitty opinions on all things D&D. Each week we will discuss different aspects of D&D from character creation and world development to the ridiculous antics we have gotten away with in our own campaigns. Welcome back, guys, to Action Surge Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about role-playing at the table and multi-classing. So, get right into it. What's role-playing, guys? I, I don't uh, know. Uh, is this like NSFW or? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like at the table with your best friends, maybe a stranger or two, but while playing ATT RPG. Two people love each other very much. Or... <laughs> Even maybe just drunkenly like each other quite a bit. <laughs> or, you they know, play even just tabletop barely RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> they play tabletop RPGs. Um, yeah. Okay, so role playing is something that you do whenever you're just pretending to be uh, another pl- person and how that person would act. You know, it's like you're acting out a player or acting out like a person in a TV show, but you're pretending to be them yourself. Okay, Candy, but why is that important? Because it adds dimension to a game that's about role playing. I don't know. What, I don't want to quiz. <laughs> this isn't this isn't high school. <laughs> that was a great answer. Wrong, but great. <laughs> no, I, I what think was that's, that, that's, that workaholic's quote where it was like, it was like I it's, it's a, I hear you, I understand, but you're wrong, and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you're entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I I think that. Uh, Role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, really any of them, they're collaborative storytellings, right? And so there is absolutely nothing wrong with playing a character that is you or you in this fantasy setting. In fact, I've run games where I ran a Supers game a long time ago (laughs) where everybody played themselves, and it was really fun. Caveat, I also tried to do in in college a uh, a D game where we tried to stat ourselves using dungeons and dragons stats oh, no. and that went terribly <laughs> wrong yeah. oh it was so bad yeah. we were lifting weights and <laughs> trying gonna to make you feel really bad to, about yourself oh, yeah and, and you know like, wow, i'm under 10 and everything uh <laughs> right right well you know and so we're like trying to to, to be, uh, you know, things like the esoteric things like, you know, charisma, you know, well, what, what's my charisma? And everybody around the table is like, uh, nine, 10, I'm a 13 at, at least. Yeah. And everyone's, everyone's like, it's like, honestly, dude, kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, so can... tip number one, don't stat yourself. Yeah. Stat yourself. yeah. That is it's... not role play. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely go in and, and say that it is completely appropriate and probably just happens that everybody puts a part of themselves in the characters they create. It's impossible not to. Oh, sure. Yeah. So so once you once you create a character that you want to play, you create a whatever, verbal cleric and they like whatever, whoever they are. You know, you have to visualize what you think that person would be, taking into account the backstory that you create, you know, with your DM or however you do that and say like, well, I think this person has a generally like happy disposition because they they just are healers and they like doing that or maybe like they have seen the death and have had to deal with the death of, you know, many before them because they didn't have the power to heal before now and so they have a generally grumpy disposition or whatever it is and so you can create a person or whoever that you think, and then be able to play that out in a way that. So let me ask is you this. Convincing. Yeah, let me ask you this, Candy. When you when you're starting to make a, your character for a campaign, uh, you you kind of sat down, you decided, you know, well, I haven't played a, you know, this class or this race before, and I think I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got that. Where do you go next for kind of your inspiration on what kind of personality or or traits mm-hmm. that this character is going to have? Yeah. So I think that like. It's so it has to start with like for me backstory, but in order for me to develop a backstory, I guess like I have to have developed like make sure that I've picked out my subclasses or future. Like if I was going to play a paladin, like what were my future oaths that I was going to take into account? Like if I was going to do it with the ancients, like how is 
nature, like who my God's going to be. And then like, how has that, like, how did I choose that path? So you kind of have to think forward in order to think backward for me for like character creation. And then honestly, like personality wise, I mean, I don't really, I don't really take too much time to workshop it. I kind of just like, once you start playing the game and interacting with the PCs, like that's just kind of like the disposition that you have. And that like, (laughs) your, your, uh, your method is wing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just like, I, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, I don't want to walk into a campaign and have like, have all of my stuff worked out that I want to be a little bit more sure. flexible that like if I'm sitting in a, I can't like at a table with three other people and they're playing these like silly funky characters or weird, weird builds and I come in there and I'm just like I'm I'm James and I'm really mad about everything it's just kind of like this isn't really vibing and like some, <laughs> sometimes people like want that growth and sometimes you don't. And it's like, okay, I could be traumatized by my past or my, whatever I did in my backstory, or it could just be like nonchalant. And I feel like that's kind of like a, how your player interacts with other people in the DM once the setting has started, you know? How about you, Caleb? How do you, when you start building a character for a campaign, what what do you look at for personality traits and how, how do you determine that? I mean, it's completely based off of characters I've encountered in my life, let alone in different like media that I pay attention to. And I typically, to, to have the character believable to me, I have to do everything I can to make them their own thing. Mm-hmm. I do accents. I do, you know, I do different kinds. I do made up words and places. I do vastly different dispositions between them of what they would do. I think very, I think very hard of, oh, how would this character react? This is how I feel about a situation. How would my character honestly react to this situation? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very, I don't know. I don't say, I, I wouldn't say I was, I'm hardcore because I feel like. Oh, I think that's, you are. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. You're definitely, definitely hardcore. You're definitely like, all of my characters have some kind of ridiculous accent. Mm-hmm. I love Yami. You know, he, he had, you know, he, he has this, he had this aesthetic. And, and he, he was had, also heavily based off of an anime character of the same name. Right. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, <clears throat> Wait, what was Yami's accent? Yami was just kind of like this. <laughs> he talked, he talked very, you know, it was just very deep. And that, that doesn't say much, mostly grunts. <laughs> right. And, and he smoked, which he just, smoked a lot. He smoked a lot. But, you know, it just became kind of this defining characteristic of, of Yami. And I thought that was so awesome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, uh, I've had characters where it was like, it's like you you pick up on traits as you go. And I think that's why I don't like to go in having everything fully fledged out. I, I prefer to do. I, I'd like to look at my characters as kind of narrative arcs. Mm-hmm. So I start off with, you know, my, my class and race and kind of the, the metagaming aspect of, you know, where, where do I want this character to go? How do I want them to, to work within the confines of the rules of the game? Mm-hmm. Once I have that kind of figured out, uh, I typically, you know, like, like Caleb, I'll come up with an accent. Like Roald has a <laughs> terrible French accent. Um, but, I, I don't know. Would you I like to give us a sample? I think, I think of, it's really good. Yeah, I think you should give us a sample. Of your... uh, put on the spot. Let's see. Uh, maybe he talk maybe about he your talks about. Yes, he talks about these accent. He's a you know a, a terrible coward. He, <laughs> he, will run, he will run from anything, and except now he has friends, and he feels like uh, he, maybe no, he cannot run. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Uh, cowardly and he does not like that uh, except that you know cowardly is also how he lives stays alive yes mm-hmm. and uh, you know so that, that that's you know yeah. that, that, um, that's we apologize to anybody all, that took offense at that to all of the French <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't even uh, yeah so you know I but I I, I like to have at least one quirk, you know, like rolled when I started him was uh, I designed him as a coward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his, his initial feat was skulker. He hides in the shadows and shoots from the shadows and, and, you know, does not like to be out front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> 
when he he's a rogue. So when he's he a scout third, rogue too. Yeah, right? when he got <laughs> hit third level, he took scout rogue so that you know if anybody got near him, he could just run away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is gonna be brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, I looked at, I looked ahead, but you know. I, I try not to look too far ahead because I, I you just don't know what yeah. the campaign's going to bring. And, yeah. and, you know, and in the advent of this campaign, you know, uh, the exciting new technology of firearms has shown up and he's like, Oh yeah. So, um, and he's met these people that he actually likes and cares about and is, you know, it, it's kind of over overriding in a very stressful to rolled kind of way, his propensity to run. Yeah. yeah, and he's still not going to get in toe to toe if he can sure. help it. Yeah, <laughs> it is interesting that 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 your character though that you've decided this coward is is like excellent excellent development that I introduced like early firearms to the game and and this coward is now like almost smitten with the the antithesis of <laughs> of his entire character, right? Something that is loud, abrasive. And yeah, it's hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, right. I mean, it's it, <clears throat> so you know my entire first level feat as a variant human of skulking is completely made useless by the fact that I'm just shooting it up with guns now. Right? Yeah, you know it's hard yeah. to it's hard to hide behind a rock and shoot at people yeah. and not people go, well, he's right over there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is an important thing when it comes to role playing is like you should look ahead to. In your like stat block to know like what's coming next for your levels and to say like okay well I'm a I'm playing a fighter or whatever and then at this level I get this feature so like how are me and my DM or how's my DM gonna work out that I'm gonna take this feat or maybe you know learn these spells if that's something that your DM does or like you know how do you yeah. how do you role play preparing to even like multi-class like yeah. how are you preparing to do that and well, let's just make this clear from the very beginning every decision you make for your character is a role play decision it is a moment where you decide my character is going to act this way this feat can be a part of your role play uh what the, the armor they wear the weapons they use part of their role play it all matters mm -hmm. if you want it to yeah I, I would recommend i would strongly recommend for people who are new to the game um as players <clears throat> add descriptives in mm -hmm. you know it is so easy to sit there and metagame and just say okay um i uh i use my savage attacker feet and i'm gonna re-roll this d8 that's that is totally fine that's perfectly reasonable gaming but i think that it adds flavor to the game if you say you know i i swing my sword down and you roll and you roll a three and you're like, and I really put my shoulder into it. I brace my legs and crush down. I'm going to reroll this with my Savage Attack with feet. Four. <laughs> Four's better. I'll yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, a little extra. <laughs> a little, little extra. We'll take it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but the blood in the sand makes me slip a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's also really fun in your role play to completely act out your mistakes. Oh, or, be like, yeah. or like you roll really badly. Don't tell it. You know, it's it's so much fun for the DM too. If you roll badly and be like, I trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, role playing makes or breaks the game. Like it, it's it's one thing to just be like, yeah, I guess we just talk about what we're gonna do next. Or you could actually like talk about it as your characters and decide where you want to go. And that just like it also. It, it bonds the players at the table oh, sure. and, and stuff. Yeah. And, and everything is a role play opportunity too. You know, like when you roll that four to attack and you're like, huh, I rolled a four. Uh, I look at the ogre and I say, wait a minute, wait, 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 my sandals untied. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Right. I'm tying my yeah. sandal. Hold on. Hold on. Finish is really low. That's because I simply did not notice the combat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like one time we were, <clears throat> Uh, it was, this was our one campaign that we did with my friends and we had this encounter outside of a few houses where this assassin like tried to kill the one of us and we we killed them and then there were like guards coming so we ran inside one of these houses and these <laughs> the guards <laughs> the guards came around and were knocking on the doors looking for us but we didn't open the door and one of our 
one of our one of my player or one of our players had was a rogue and she played like it was basically like an anime character but it was like this really cute small like like you know childlike but they were they were older but it was like childlike and so they pretended to be uh, a child that was home alone and it was like my parents they wouldn't let me come outside and i shouldn't open the door and they said they were gonna be right back my parents and and she rolled low i don't think that she rolled she rolled like she rolled like a 14 or something yeah but but these guards are like people told me you went into this house with bodies like and it was just this little kid that just did this amazing performance yeah i was just like i was like my parents were here i haven't seen have you seen my parents i don't know what's going on but i'm not letting anyone into the house i don't know what to do and it was just like and it was yelling amazing. at me <laughs> and she went on and it was so funny it was so funny and caleb was like that, that's success <laughs> that, that reminds me of something that i i wanted to kind of talk about just briefly and this is just kind of a nuts and bolts dming tip idea um we typically roll then describe you know so like if sure. you're attacking something you roll and you hit or you don't hit and you describe but there are two aspects to D. there's combat and then there's social encounters mm-hmm. um and with social encounters, typically we describe then roll, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's backwards. It's backwards on the formula. So <clears throat> as a DM, you have one of two ways to do this, right? You can either describe then roll. So if I were running that table and, you know, they were like, the, the player has this inspiration is like, I'm just a little kid and I'm here all alone. Yeah. I'd be like, perfect, plus five to your role. Yeah. Because you just, you, you grokked it, you got it in the moment, yeah. plus five to the role, and they roll. Um, but the flip side to that is another way to do this is to roll them describe. So what happens is, you know, I want to, I want to, uh, convince the guards that, uh, we're, we're not who we say we are. Cool. Roll. And say you roll a three. All right. Roll play that three. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm four years old and uh, <laughs> I, can't find, my I mom. can't find my mom. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. You better open that door, sir. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, I mean, there are. It's a time where the dice really didn't matter that much. Right. As yeah. long as you, it's like, what would your character do? Yeah. And like, and it was just like, it was just the, a perfect, it was a perfect role play se- section because it's like, it's like the player is being rewarded for role playing, which I think is very important for like DMs to like encourage role playing and reward players for doing it. So they do it more often and it's integrated into the game. And then if your role isn't so successful, then, you know, your DM can change that however they want. But like, give your character at least bonuses or advantage for role-playing effectively or role-playing in a fun, encouraging right. way. And I, and I think that's another, another thing to kind of note is that it's not always super important to roll dice. I mean, no, we, not. we are kind of ingrained in that and, and there is a purpose and a reason for rolling dice. It, it takes out a lot of that, uh, implicit human bias that everybody has. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you don't have to do that. And sometimes that even kind of uh, will take us out of those role-playing moments mm-hmm. by rolling dice. Uh, so quite often, if we are going through and the stakes aren't super high, I'm not going to make – and you guys are role-playing and you're role-playing a situation. Mm-hmm. And, and as a DM, I feel like that sounds like something that's plausible and reasonable – Oh, you sound like a kid. Yeah, it's reasonable for a kid to be at home alone. Yeah, uh, you know, not want to open the door to strangers. Uh, yeah, let's let's roll with this. You know, no, yeah. I'm, I'm with the police. Let me show you my badge. No, my my parents said don't open the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, um, all right, little girl, uh, <laughs> yeah. make sure you lock the door because uh, there are some bad people around. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> We'll, we'll come back when your parents are home. Yeah. When, when are your parents getting home? At least an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Enough time for you to scrub the blood. What? I said, I said an hour. 
yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's and it's just like I don't know. Role playing just makes the game a lot funner and a lot more interactive it's fun to it's fun to instead of interacting directly with the dm you can interact with the other people at the table which is you know what it's all about is creating a story with everyone at the table and if without role playing you're just like um i try to persuade the npc to do whatever that's a six uh i fail okay cool it's like or uh, yeah, he's not gonna give you that discount i guess yeah, yeah. um cool yeah uh, anything else you guys want to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah and or you could say um you know describe how you want to convince the merchant to give you a discount or whatever and sometimes this is very difficult especially for newer players yeah. i think understanding you know how how to do this and, and it and it definitely you know in your more role play intensive games it you learn it faster. Um, so as a DM, if you're running your table, reward those kinds of role play moments ex- yeah. explicitly, you know, yeah. at, at the end of that, you know, man, that was a great role play uh, session. Caleb, you did a great job, t- you know, talking, yeah, thanks, man. talking about how you were an eight year old little girl behind that door. <laughs> adorable. Um, you get a point of inspiration. Right. And you know, it, it costs you literally nothing as a DM and yeah. it, it pushes that story along and they pat themselves on the back. And they yeah. Feel really great about it. And it helps, and it helps newer players or players that are afraid of role playing to become more okay with it and become more like accepting of that, is something that they can do and, and you don't have to punish players for not role playing. I don't think that's something that you should do, but no, I definitely that's, think that's that, toxic DMing. And we'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah. yeah that's, that's also a thing that I would like to ask you guys then. How is it that new players can get into role playing? Role playing can be something that seems unaccessible because it's like embarrassing to some people, especially because it's like, it's like, it's like not everyone has, you know, a background in theater or something like that. Like I don't have a background in theater, but I, I don't know. I just have no problem being goofy around people. Some people can ham it up. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think that initially it kind of just starts with having a player that you're excited about having a build that you're excited about. And even if you're brand new, say like the first character that I created, you know, it's like, I think she's cool and I think she's fun and I want to explore it. And like developing a backstory helps that come out because it gives you reason. It gives you purpose. Right. And And exploring a character can have all sorts of like mental benefits as well. Of just like, how do I, you know, how do I process trauma? How do I process growing up without a family? How do I process, you know, being allergic to peanuts and how that puts me separate from the rest of the, the peanut loving party. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when I'm running a game, uh, if I'm, if I'm doing something that's like, I know I have a lot of new players. Um, typically this is like adventure league. Um, and it's not a set adventure or I'm just doing something kind of off the cuff. Um, I'll, I'll run a silly campaign. I love silly campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talked in the last episode, maybe a couple of others about the D- Dungeons Dragons, dungeon crawling as entertainment. Right. Um, that's a very silly campaign. Oh, it's silly as hell. Yeah. I you know, mean, but it's funny is that, is that I know we played in a one shot that was, that was based in that world. I can't wait to play outside of the dungeon. Right. Like, as just the, as just like the, the recent, the recent, you know, buff ass, half orc uh barbarian girl who is you know she's at uh you know jurgen state university and she has to she's 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 at you know she's in the library oh and she has to te- and she's texting like the other party members oh the, like, the encounter is already set up caleb you don't know this but the encounter is already set up you guys are going to go to denny's <laughs> after afterwards because because the non-player character Steve Steve Nagletusk, <laughs> he's a, a half orc. Uh, you know he's uh, he's an, an assistant coach in the in the amateur league. But he's gonna he's gonna call some guys together. He's, you guys got some real talent. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a uh, I'm an assistant coach, but I'm also a divination wizard. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to toot my horn or anything. But you know, the auguries on you guys are really good. The auguries, uh, I'd really I'd really you know. I, 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 I brought along my uh, my agent. Uh, it's Topher. <laughs> Topher Thankfoot. Hi guys, it's Topher. Topher Thankfoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. 
I mean, I think that like it's just like role playing adds an element to the game that makes people want to come back and play. And I don't know. I feel like starting off with a silly campaign with new characters is oftentimes an easier pull to get people to role play because it's easy to be silly. It's easy to be a cartoon. It's easy. (laughs) It's easy to be a cartoon. And you know, when everybody's laughing and goofing around, it's, it is the first time you play, you know, my name is shadow dreadfort. My entire, my entire family was killed by a ravaging pack of kobolds. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, it's bad around here. <laughs> the rest of the party is also that way. Also, <laughs> side note, I am desperate to play a new player character whose backstory is that he tells everybody that his family was killed by a band of orcs, but actually his dad is a dentist <laughs> and his mom <laughs> is just a typical housewife. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And he, just, he just so desperately wants to fit in. Yeah. Right. Everyone has these tragic backstories. I just want to have a tragic backstory. Uh, I'm a rogue, okay? I'm, I'm supposed to be edgy. I, I'm a rogue. My family was killed. Man, I thought your dad was a dentist. <laughs> Dude, your dad is my dentist. I saw him last Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He's alive? <laughs> <laughs> so there's also another thing that you can do as a player if you think that there are other people at the table that are having trouble role-playing is just interacting with them is talking to them as a, as a PC talking to them, asking them about their characters past getting to know them. And that'll like help that player, that person feel more integrated into the game, especially if you're playing at table where there's a couple of strangers or a couple of people that you don't know, a couple of friends that friends are friends that you're not really sure of just like talk to them in game. And you know, the DM can do that too is, but like creating a discussion within the players at the table is important in creating a safe space for role play. Yeah, and especially when role play can be such an important part of D and I know D and D is can be really crunchy because it developed from a, from you know a game where everything's based on combat to now where people are starting to take role play more seriously and where role play is you know a lot, featured a lot more heavily in other game systems, right? Oh yeah. And I think it's so cool and so appropriate to try and make that more of a focus of D&D games recently. And I know a lot of people were just like, you know, I, I'm, here, I'm here to smash stuff. That's cool too, yeah, right? But I think there's something to be said about how you interact with people in a different world as different people. One of the, one of the things, one of the, one of the common, I think, arguments in D&D is role play versus min-max. And that has always been one of those things that I'm like, well, why one or the other? Yeah. Right. You know, why, why can't I be the near God fighter who also has a depth and breadth of character? That's, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, who also, you know, has a loving relationship with his, with his NPC brother. Right. right. You know, yeah. absolutely. You know, I, we've got a friend that, that role plays and she also uh, does some just fantastic artwork and posts it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly putting up these pictures about her other character in this other campaign and her, that PC's loving relationship with her father. Um, and I just, I love watching that because yeah. she is so enamored with that relationship with yeah. this other, and I, I don't play in that game, so I don't know if it's an NPC or player character. It's an, it's an NPC. I'm NPC. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but I, it just, it, chef's kiss. It's just the yeah. best. Yeah. It's good when people get excited about things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you can get excited about combat, and you can get excited about finding big, uh, cool monsters. That's exciting. It's also exciting to like find out a secret about one of your like party members, or to oh, or to go have a spa day. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the last in the last campaign, my character ended up uh, marrying another PC. Yeah, and you know. The combats were awesome, and I loved the you know the kind of the power mad growth of my character. But really, some of the f- more fun things that I did were the player to player interactions with his other PC. The DM wasn't even involved. Yeah, you know, 
it was just, you know, players doing yeah, their own thing. Yeah. We were doing our own thing that, that PC was, you know, talking to me about, you know, well, you know, she kind of approaches you and, you know, asks you if you'd like to, to go out and have dinner. And he's like, uh, yeah, wait, yeah, yes, wait, yes, wait, is this, a, is this a date? He's like, insight check. <laughs> And, uh, I love I love doing insight checks other people at the table. That's so fun. Or like deception checks. I, it's also fun to just do it randomly for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, deception check. What I just asked for milk. I don't know. Wait, what? Deception check. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think before we move on at all, we need to address that there is problematic role play. Oh, yeah. There is such things as offensive accents. There is such things as being someone that is part of a privileged uh, class of people that uh, can that can use accents or um, or backgrounds of marginalized peoples in the real world, and that's not okay to do. No, right? I, I've known plenty of people who've done who've done Hispanic accents, who've talked in Ebonics, who simply aren't Hispanic or black. Yeah. And that is super not okay with me. Again, and, this is and, definitely and, something and, that should and, be brought and, up in session zero. Yeah, for sure. it definitely should be brought up at the very beginning that we will that you, you know in these campaigns we will not caricaturize marginalized groups of people, right? Yeah. Absolutely, or people with disabilities, uh, anyone that again vulnerable populations. Right? Yeah. There's also the flip side to that is that you do not have to do an accent. You do not. If I I'm really bad at accents. I've done one. I've done one character that's ever had an accent and I I forget about it half the time. And <laughs> you it's, slip it's, out it's, of it sometimes. It's okay. It's it's just it's just a fun thing to add like depth to your character, but it doesn't define your character. It doesn't control and, and you if you're not good at accents, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not a good role player. Every once in a while a world will drop out of French and yeah. I just I don't think about it when I'm trying you know, you have to get something across right now. It's right. it's hard to, to yeah. maybe it's hard to think about how I'm such a convince you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and but you know, if we were at a table and there was a French Canadian person there who was like, uh, "Dude, that accent, though, no, <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> offensive." I'd be like, "All right, cool. I guess my guy's German, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or or British, or you know, yeah, I or mean, Southern, or Southern." Oh, and I I love I love subverting the accent tropes. You know, for some reason we have these tropes for accents. Um, where dwarves are Scottish, one million percent, one million percent Scottish, <laughs> and, and I love I love breaking that up. Um, like, in we you haven't even met any in this other campaign that I'm not running. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, but, but all the dwarves in there have a Jersey exact Jersey accent. Hands Amazing. down, person. <laughs> let's play right now. Let's stop. <laughs> I have to play. <laughs> they're, they're all from Jersey. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, you subvert those accents. You, it doesn't have to be, <laughs> high elves do not have to be British, guys. In fact, I kind of like the idea of high elves being French. That's just, that's, yeah, very, um, that's also on point. <laughs> that, See, may be a little, that, may little, that may be a little too on point. See, that, yeah. I'm at the point where I can only do a slightly okay British accent. So if I want to do an accent, then that's the accent that I'm doing. It doesn't matter what I'm playing. <laughs> so I, I unabashedly use Southern accents as my default simply because it's how my entire dad's side of the family speaks. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, accents are fun addition to your game, but you don't have to have them. You don't have to yeah, use no. them. It's fun for people to use them, but it's not a, It's not going to make or break your game. And, like, it's you don't need to use it. It, it doesn't need to be offensive to people. If it's going to offend people, then don't have them, you know. And you don't, you don't want to step on people's toes. You don't want to make people uncomfortable. So, like, use discretion and um, make sure everyone's consented to what's happening prior to the start of the campaign. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, guys. It's Candy here. And Caleb. And we just want to jump in and say, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review if you like the show. And on Spotify, don't forget to give us a follow and a download. 
And follow us on our social medias. Like Twitter at Surge underscore Action. And TikTok and Instagram at Action Surge Pod. Um, leave us a comment or send us an email. Tell us what you guys want to hear next on the pod. And back to the podcast. Welcome back, guys. Uh, so we're going to pick up here with another important part of role-playing, uh, which is, in fact, multi-classing. Uh, and we're going to go into the nitty-gritty, too, of what multi-classing is, how you can do it, and why you shouldn't be afraid of it. Multi-classing so, is awesome. So what is multi-classing? What is multi-classing? No, I'm asking you. <laughs> no, I'm asking you. No, I don't know. Who are we asking? Multi-classing is whatever you are. Multiple classes. I did it. There you go. All That's- right. I'll see you guys next week. Uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, a, it's, where, it's, it's essentially whenever you take levels, whenever you level up, you level up in a different class. You train with the specialties of a different class and you get the benefits of that class. Mm-hmm. Now, with spellcasting, it gets more complicated because it's about what level spellcast you are and what, what access or what kind of levels you have, like with the different classes. But we can, that, we can get into that. That hurts my hand a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really not too bad unless you're multi-classing into Warlock. Yeah. As a spellcaster to Warlock or Warlock oh, to another spellcaster, that's the worst. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's really very straightforward. I think the, the first thing that you have to kind of remember or, or know is that there are, uh, by the rules as written, there are prerequisites for multi-classing. Um, for instance, Barbarian, you have to have a strength 13. If same you're going to multi- Paladin. Yeah, same. Uh Paladin, you have to have a strength 13 and a charisma of 13. Yeah, you do have to have charisma. Yeah. Wow. Because of spellcasting. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, uh, so it's never more than two stats. Um, so, like, a monk, you have to have a dexterity of 13 and a wisdom of 13. So, for instance, if you're going to be a monk paladin, you have to have not only a dexterity of 13 and a wisdom of 13, but you also have to have a strength 13 and a charisma of 13. So, that's one of the harder pulls in the whole multi-classing yeah. but that's also something yeah that's also something that you can have a discussion with about with your dm about and say hey i think it's right for my character to multi-class into paladin they only have a strength 10 can we work something out and your dm can say yeah here we can just bump up your strength that's fun or we can you know you could take away um a point from here or a point from here you, we could readjust it's something that you can creatively work out a solution with your DM. That's something Absolutely. that's fair. And and if, if that's something that your character wants to do or that you want to do as a as a player, then like your DM can help you with that. And that's thousand know. percent right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's absolutely it's just it's just a game. Um kind of some of the, the rules consideration are uh hit dice because you know, as you multi-class up um, your hit dice can be different. So if you're going from something that's a high hit die like Barbarian to something that's a low hit die like uh, Sorcerer, Sorcerer, Rogue, you know, something's lower, mm-hmm. um, they're different hit die. And really the only, I mean, that of course is going to impact how your hit points progress <clears throat> as you go up either higher or lower in your hit die. But it also impacts on how you treat long and short rests Yeah. So essentially, whenever you say you have six levels in fighter, so you'll have, I think that's a D10 or D12. A D10. A D10 hit die. So then you want to take a like a level in wizard, maybe or whatever. D6. That's a D6. So you're gonna have you're gonna have six D10 hit dice and then one D6 hit dice, and that's. You know, whatever your and so when you take a short rest, you can take half of your hit dice uh, in healing. You're allowed to to mix that up, yeah. so you can take you know well, short rest. You can do all your hit dice in healing. You get back half in a long rest. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, my bad. But you can you can still Jesus Christ. Like, no, but no, but he five e old man. <laughs> no, he was right. Like like if I was if I was six levels in in sorcerer and i took a level in paladin like i did if i take a short rest i can use my paladin hit dice yes you can because that's a d10 so i can get more healing theoretically yeah but if for a short rest um, but only once because once you've used it it's gone so if you take another short rest you don't get to use that d10 again because you've already used it Yeah. yeah so it's a little more bookkeeping um proficiency proficiency is just based off of your total class level 
So yeah. if you're like in your example, if you're six levels of uh, sorcerer and one level of paladin, well, then your proficiency bonus is based off of seven levels. Yeah. And it's incredible what a single level and one class can get you that is just like bonkers down. Like, like, a, like one of my favorite things in the world is the wizard fighter multi-class because it's like this wizard who spent all of his life learning magic and then all of a sudden because he decided to take one level in fighter he is now a weapon he can destroy <laughs> you and wear he can wear armor he all of a sudden is very good with a sword yeah and he I will mean, strike you down in the name of king and country that's what oh I, what i was gonna say is that the thing to, to, to know about that though is that proficiencies gained do change based on the order in which you take your classes so if you want to wear full plate mail and cast magic, you have to take fighter first. Because if you take wizard first and then dip into fighter, well, you only get light, medium, armor, uh, shields, simple, and martial weapons. Um, which is still Which is still great, but you can't wear that. You're not proficient in full plate mail yeah. and, and heavy Which armor. is lame. If you're already trying to go for that, that heavy, heavy AC. Right. You know. So, you know, start off fighter. Which there's nothing, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with starting with fighter. Yeah, you know, in fact, uh, from a narrative arc, I my character in the campaign before this campaign that we're in now, my character started off as a fighter. He was just really smart, and you know, and had a knack for books. You know, he liked looking at National Geographic. He did. He did. He enjoyed his National Geo. His Nat Geo, and you know, but you know, he's. I love that character because he'd walk into a room in his full plate mail with his great sword strapped across his back, and I was like, "Oh, and got you, Peg!" And he's like, yeah. "Lightning bolt!" Yeah, and then he whips out his <laughs> library card <laughs> and asks for the young adult section. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that multicasting is fun to do if you like want to min max your character a little bit, but I mean, it can yeah. also yeah. be really fun a role play like arc and oh, that yeah. like Oh absolutely and one million percent. It sometimes it just makes sense for your character to dip into another class. And that's really fun because you can get new abilities and grow your character a little bit in a way that you didn't really think about. There's nothing wrong with playing a character, you know, first to twentieth level, all in the same class. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there are some sweet abilities that come at level eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you if you maintain in a single class, personally, I like I like switching it up. I yeah, feel like sure. I feel like the the short term gains in just narrative changes and. Uh, abilities you know rounding out your character in ways that that they maybe didn't have before uh is great you can you can do it where you can add spell casting to things and there are classes in D that try to address this without multi-classing so like the uh fighter um martial archetype of uh <clears throat> Eldritch, Knight. Eldritch Knight, thank yeah. you. Um, tries to kind of address that wizard warrior combination. Yeah, but it's a little underwhelming. Ah, man, it just is. It's yeah, like you don't even get fireball to like what level, until after level ten. Yeah, yeah, you don't get third level spells. Until yeah, afterwards. It's, it, it is know, not great. If you can't cast fireball, what's the reason to even use magic? Right, I'm serious here. And and if shut by, up. <laughs> and, and by the time you get to level ten, you know. Third level spells are pretty underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, you're, absolutely. You, absolutely. The the ability to so you know from a metagame perspective, the ability of like fireball is crowd reduction and and control. You know, I want to take up this area of the map and just decimate everybody in it. Uh, you're not going to be doing that at tenth level. You're gonna you're gonna really irritate everybody in that. <laughs> yeah, in right. that area, you're not gonna kill everybody but at that level. You're, yeah, you're probably not gonna kill anybody. Yeah, it's it's fun to be able to tell a story with your character arc, and and also I don't know, I've never played a I never played a campaign to level twenty. So the idea that I'm waiting for something 
like that might if, never come. That might never come. I'm playing, you know, you're playing a character for for however long, and you're like, yeah, I didn't. Even, I only played this campaign to level ten. Like, why didn't I multi class? That would have been a fun thing to do. Here, here's the thing: is that life is short, so live it to the best, right? <laughs> campaign can't. <laughs> Campaigns are short. Live them with the most spice. Yeah. Right? Get spicy if you want to. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, you're doing a Sorcerer Paladin, which I was at. I was like, oh, that's a little weird. Until you were like, until you were like, oh, hey, I can just, you know, use my meta magic to do a bonus action lightning bolt. Third and, level lightning bolt. <laughs> and, and, then, and then hit somebody with my sword and smite. <laughs> and being like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just gonna take a level, maybe a few levels in Paladin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit, do I don't know, sixteen, twenty points of damage with my spite, and then I'm going to bonus action, third level lightning bolt. That's uh thirty points of damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I have a d6 hit die. Mostly. I <laughs> I made a mistake letting her do that. Yeah. It was also like uh, I don't know. It all, but like the important thing about about Reina taking that level of Paladin too is that it was narratively made sense. Yeah. It was a part of her progression of trying to understand her past. Yeah. You know, I, I think going back to something we said earlier, there's there's nothing wrong with uh, min-maxing and role-playing together. In yeah. fact, there's nothing wrong with min-maxing with limited role-play. There's nothing wrong with a role-play character that's just not an optimal character. Sure. There's no, there's no wrong way. I personally like min-max characters that I role-play the crud out of. Yeah. Right. We all like to be powerful, because sometimes in life, we don't feel like we have control over anything. Ding! <laughs> so, <laughs> give an awkward thumbs up yeah. with, a, with a tear streaming down my face. But, yeah, for sure. But, you know, well, yeah. like, oftentimes, life doesn't let us control things, so let's control our characters, yeah. right? In uh, fun absolutely. and interesting ways. Yeah. And, like, and like I am I am fully on board with taking feats, doing things that do not maximize. In fact, probably inhibit your character in several ways. <laughs> and that is fun to me. It's also fun to do a shit ton of damage and cast spells at the same time. So do whatever you want and have fun with it. But also like, you know, don't think that you have to be min max and also role play it out. Like you yeah, could, yeah, and don't judge other people for wanting to do things how they want to do it either. Oh, like, no, like if people are boring, you'll know it and you won't want to play with them. If people are doing things that that you don't do and it's fun, go run with it. Yeah. Run with hey, let it. me let me let me uh, just throw in my two cents on the quote unquote boring character. Some of the best times I've had playing in a game is when the guy that's playing the quote unquote boring character steps out and does something just freaking amazing. Yeah. And it's thematic. And it's awesome. We had a game where uh, we had this guy, and I mean, if he said five words in a session, it was he was chatty. A win, yeah. Um, you know, he and that was just his personality, and that was totally fine. Um, but uh, <laughs> we were playing a game, and we were on this big cliff, and uh, the big bad guy was monologuing, and we were all kind of standing around him, and uh, yeah, six words. He said six words. He said, I pushed him off the edge. That was it. That was all he said. And everybody said, just turn. We look at, we look at the map and his, he'd been moving his PC up slowly, slowly, slowly until he was saying, he was like a non thief thief. He moved stealthily because nobody ever kind of really remembered him sure. until he was standing right next to the big bad guy on this cliff. <laughs> Pushed him off, <laughs> and it worked. You know, it it was it was hilarious. It was awesome. It was a great moment. Still remember it in my you know my game. Big brain, big brain. Yeah, but uh, you know, but the thing was is that you know clearly he enjoyed the camaraderie and playing and being there. I sometimes worry that you know in my forceful personality that I might come over and override people. I sure to, I have sure. to rein it in. Yeah. I have to rein it yeah. in so that some of the quieter players can get a chance to get their yeah. and entrance. And yeah. newer players especially, I feel like they're always intimidated to talk when some of the more veteran players are and or just me who's only been playing a couple of years but loves playing so is just wild. Uh yeah. makes them feel like they, they can't talk when really all you all you wanted all along was for them to talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so uh short messages here. Uh multiclass if you want. Don't worry about optimization. Um, do it because it's fun and do it because it is like 
a good role-playing opportunity. Unless you want to optimize. If you want to optimize, knock yourself out. Yeah, but don't do it because you think you need to optimize. Or don't not do it because you want to stay optimized. Or Or do it because it's just neat. Do it because it's fun and it is... I'll tell you, sometimes it's it's pure role-play. Like, you know, role to my current character, I had zero intention of multi-classing him. In fact, when I started off, I was like, you know what? I, it's been a long time since I played something through from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. That didn't last that, long. <laughs> no, it, no, it really didn't. But, you know, but the the role-playing aspect of it, it, it made sense mm-hmm. to sure. start to start moving towards, you know, and, and that's part of character growth, I think. Yeah. I think the majority of people in that, in our campaign have multi-class. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and which made me feel more okay doing it because I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm levels behind. Like, uh, but then I was like, wait, at least two other people have multi-class several times. I think it's okay. One of which is a bonkers, uh, <laughs> the sorcerer barbarian. <laughs> the sorcerer barbarian. Well, magic sorcerer, sorcerer. Right. It, I don't know why I just fucking said that. But then, and then, and then, and then a wild magic barbarian. I love it. And just like, just in the most chaotic goblin character. Oh, yeah, he's a goblin. Anyway, his spellcasting focus is the tip of his serrated spear, which is a crystalline object that gave him his wild magic powers. Oh, so funny. I almost killed him with the Balanoff, but alas, he got away. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny because I'm playing a character right now. My longest played character right now is a ranger, and I have yet to multiclass with them. One reason being that he's it's like it's like his past is like his family is a family of like stalkers and rangers and different kind of sneaky type people, and he's sticking to it as a part of a, a like a secret military military organization or was once part of it. And also because I want the Tasha's level ten ranger ability. Uh, you, you can all look it up if you want to, <laughs> but uh, he's level nine right now. And I just like, I have a really hard time narratively seeing for a man who's so disciplined and set in, in like set in his ways in a, in a military kind of way. He's a, a very open and like uh, accepting person. He's just very serious of like, how do I say, Oh, all of a sudden he starts training with the fighter in the group to pick up levels and fighter. Like how may, how, like, I don't know, to me, I'm struggling with seeing, with seeing like, how do I make that more interesting? Or do I simply just stick with Ranger the whole time? Also, I love playing Ranger. Don't at me. Anybody out there who thinks, <laughs> who thinks that Ranger is in valid class. He is still sensitive about those people. Hashtag. <laughs> Ranger is a valid class. He is. He will die on this hill. He will die on that. <laughs> I have died on this hill many times. So I will keep going back. Yeah, I don't understand why anybody would think Ranger is not a valid class. That's, I mean, it's not, but it's it's just, it's just a joke because people are like it's underpowered. But like, I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. If you pick up the sharpshooter feet, you're doing a lot of damage. Uh, you can hit people from 600 feet away. Uh, Anyways, know. don't let it. <laughs> <laughs> and back on track. <laughs> back on track anyways guys uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we're looking forward to talking with you guys next time have fun role playing peace bye bye everybody